Hello and welcome fellow osmologists to Osmology. I'm Sue. And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we're going back to where we started, telling you how and most importantly why we started ACUSO and getting you up to date on how far we've come. My heavens, how far we've come. Makes me think of the Moana song. I just want to sing how far I'll go right now, but I'll yeah. just. I'll, you can, well, ah. we can, we'll do that. We'll record that and then we'll, we'll plug that in here later. Mm. Okay. It'll so. be, yeah, it'll be a nice little bonus, but I do want you to have your backing band if you're going to do any music. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. Right, right. You just call up your buddy Lynn and he'll come <laughs> get that done for you. <laughs> My buddy Lynn. Uh, I wish. <laughs> What a great buddy to have. Wouldn't that be awesome? Can we can we just take a minor detour right now? Right now and talk about how the how the the fact that probably Lin Manuel Miranda is fun to hang out with. You know, he he kind of he probably is, right? Right? Doesn't he look like he has a really fun vibe? For sure. Yeah. I mean, when I think of it, I think of him in Hamilton. And like being being that dude that's just like okay. you know, like putting off that kind of a vibe and um, like probably spontaneously rapping and stuff, you know. Yeah. To get a point across. I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but when As I really you need do. to make sure that people understand me, I <laughs> right. usually break off into rap. Yeah. 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 Which is that and, way they know I'm serious. Right. And and it's fine and it works, but the fact that you put on the vanilla ice costume is a weird choice like I don't know if you're yeah. hitting the credibility that you think that you are it just it that. seems to fit my body style I can't help it <laughs> it does it does and the frosted tips are nice right yeah natural <laughs> frosted tips we got going on right now okay let's move out of this space before we get ourselves into trouble okay with vanilla we, ice specifically yeah. <laughs> and we should no maybe one else do- <laughs> We should maybe do our listeners a favor and maybe level set a little bit. And uh, if, especially if we have some new listeners um, and maybe answer the question of what is a QSO? What indeed is a QSO? Uh, QSO stands, QSO is an acronym. And it just have, it's very helpful that you can say it like a word, but it stands for Credit Union Service Organization. And a credit union service organization is a business, a for-profit business founded by a not-for-profit credit union very often. It is certainly invested in, has to be a majority invested by a credit union or multiple credit unions. And the idea is that CUSOs provide some of those gap services that credit unions, especially small credit unions, which happens to be our little wheelhouse can't necessarily afford and there are a lot of things that you know they don't the the marketplace doesn't give you a whole lot of slack if you're a financial institution whether you are a one branch credit union in beautiful downtown Marshfield Wisconsin a, with 2000 members or BMO people expect the same services right and the same level of uh, professionalism. And so CUSOs can help fill that gap by, by bringing expertise into the, into the credit union space. 
Yeah. Was that was that a good explanation? You did, you did great. You did great. Yeah. And our QSO is maybe a little unique in that we are wholly owned by one credit union. Um, the more common model, I think, is that it's a group of credit unions coming together. But uh, at the same time, there's other um, credit unions like or examples like that where uh, one credit union starts the QSO. Um, my favorite part about it is the the structure, the business model just fits so well into the credit union movement, right? This idea of cooperation and, of course, you know, the old adage of people helping people. I mean, a, a QSO really is uh, maybe a business helping a business, you know what I mean? So um, it's really a, a cool thing that we get to do to be able to uh, learn and grow and work with other businesses uh, and, uh, of course, other credit unions, too, so. Right. It's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. And I think as people coming from a credit union, as we did, as we do, as we are, <laughs> as we is, uh, it, it, it's this extension of still being able to, because we know it's not businesses, I'm doing right. air quotes right now, not businesses we're helping because it's people. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, and it, it's help, it enables us to, apply, in this case, some pretty specific skills that we have to, you know, really intentionally spend a lot of time um, helping, ultimately helping people, helping the members of business of credit unions and the customers of small businesses. And you already know all of this. I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> but the fact that you're agreeing makes me feel good. Right. Right. And remember, we're level setting here a little bit. So right. for the people who don't know who we are and what we do or what a QSO is, hopefully that was helpful. Right. So let's talk about our QSO, exclamation yeah. services. What were some of the needs that we saw as a credit union that prompted us to start a QSO? Yeah. Um, you know, one in particular that I think was a, a catalyst for the idea was... Um, just really a natural occurrence that happens inside credit unions, especially small to medium credit unions, is this cooperation thing, right? So credit unions are working together all the time, sharing information, um, you know, uh, checking references on vendors, you know, all kinds of things, and really just asking some, um, you know, really great questions, expecting a, a really transparent and cooperative answer. So um, I'll never forget one of the first uh, days that I uh, worked at our credit union. Um, I got a call from another credit union saying, hey, we did. Uh, we noticed that you rebranded, uh, love the work, turned out great. Who'd you use for that and how much did you pay them? And I like <laughs> sat back in my chair like, whoa, who are you? Like, what? Like, why are you asking me these questions? So I called my boss at the time and said, hey, there's this credit union asking me like who we use for our rebrand and rebrand and how much we paid for that and all this. And I'm like, can I, should I tell them? Can I tell them? And, you know, very quickly her response was, yeah, of course, that's exact. That's, that's what, that's what we do. You know, we're a credit union, we cooperate, we share information like that. So, so do it. And, you know, of course, there's maybe some things that we do that uh, the cooperation maybe is uh more in line with coopetition, right? We work together, but also we do have to, you know, protect our membership and protect our business and things like that. But, um, you know, also, uh, at, at least speaking on our behalf, I think we do a, a really great job of co cooperating with uh, other credit unions. And so anyways, that story, I hope 
um, helps uh, illustrate a little bit of where you could see like some needs and some business opportunities um, that uh, really just came up naturally, you know, as uh, we work together and cooperate with these other credit unions and stuff. Some of us are having the same conversations about, oh, I wish I had some help in this area or, um, you know, here's, you know, this thing that this vendor is providing for me, but I can't believe how much we pay for it or, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, just some really um, uh, common recurring uh conversations that um, can help uh, identify maybe some gaps uh, and some ways that uh, a business or a vendor or a supplier or a consultant or whoever it might be mm -hmm. might be able to help us. And so for us, you know, to be able to identify some of those needs and then look around our own organization and see, hey, who, who on our team might be able to help um, other credit unions, other businesses with this kind of work and um, you know, as you mentioned previously, we have a, you know, a, a very specific set of skills. Uh, <laughs> it's a particular will, set of skills. We will find you and we will help you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it was a really, I, I don't want to say easy, but um, it was just really logical to look around and um, identify where we maybe had some extra capacity or where we could see ways that our team could grow in a way that was mutually beneficial both to our parent credit union and our clients. So, um, you know, we really, um, you know, built out our marketing team to be bigger than it probably would be in a credit union our side, same with, you know, some of our other teams, IT and such. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the idea there is that those uh, particular skills and the uh, extra time can be used both to do some things that a small credit union maybe wouldn't be doing and uh, to help other credit unions and small businesses, nonprofits. So um, so that, that idea of economies of scale um, and really bringing in next level talent to help um, everyone uh, do better and be better is, you know, kind of where it all started for us. And I think speaking from the employee side of that, as a person who got to go from doing marketing for a credit union to being in the marketing part of a QSO, like the idea of being able to say, you know, this, this is what I do now. This is my whole job. And to apply it uh, to, especially to be able to apply it to all sorts of different clients and be able to think at that you know, top level strategy too and not be within the silo of your one little I think I'm already teasing our next question is where I've already gone down this I'm so excited about talking about how much I love it's all about me how much I love <laughs> you know especially uh because I know I'm it's tangential and then I promise I'm gonna get us back on track but I think anyone who has worked in a credit union, and we've certainly gotten confirmation as we have worked with credit union clients, know this feeling of like, well, you're, you know, maybe your title is marketing, but you do marketing and then you do uh, mortgage loans and <laughs> you are maintenance and also you make gift baskets. Right. And to be able to, really just apply and here's the thing people at credit unions are so 
good at that kind of flexibility. For sure. And the attitude that they bring to it is like, okay, well, now I need to plunge the toilet and then I'm going to, <laughs> you know, I'm going to approve a mortgage and then I'm going to do, you know, this thing. And the, the attitude of uh, just endless flexibility is awesome within a credit union. Uh, and I think we, rather than saying, well, we're not flexible, we just do this thing. I think what that has done is we've sort of brought that attitude to, we're going to do video, we're going to do, you know, we're going to specialize in graphic design and video and content writing and all of, you know, and all everyone on our team sort of flexes in between the mindsets for all of that, those things too. Mm -hmm. And if we needed to plunge a toilet, we probably would plunge a toilet. Yeah, you just got to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I probably don't advertise that as, right. as one of our offerings, though. I prefer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, our, our QSO is not uh, not a little baby QSO anymore, but it's also not uh, old or been around for, you know, decades or anything like that. It started in 2018 and you know, it takes a little bit for the wheels to get moving and everything. Uh, but we have been around for a while and been doing some work for some clients and, you know, um, also uh, expanding our team and stuff like that. So what what would you say have been, and you've already teased a little bit of this, but what would you say <laughs> have been some of the most rewarding things that have happened as a result of starting the QSO? Good question especially since I already started answering it. You know, I, but my specific answer to that is uh, knowing, getting into actually doing some of the work. You know, we, we looked at what we thought the gaps were in the market. And just like any other business, you, you, do, your, you do your homework, uh, but at a certain point, it's a leap of faith to say, well, we think we're going to have clients that are going to need us. And we think that, you know, whatever, our pricing model is better than competitive. And we think that, you know, we can do this work for an amount that credit unions can afford. Um, and to see probably one of the most rewarding things for me has been to see all of that come true, to be able to say, no, we actually can, you know, we have the level of expertise to give professional, you know, I, totally this is me being totally unbiased really good work yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and to do it at a price point that credit unions can afford we can understand credit unions and small businesses and nonprofits. you know realizing once we got out into that got out into the marketplace to be able to say oh no we actually do understand what your challenges are we actually can see how we can you know, apply what we do to help you. And we can do it in a way that doesn't break your budget. Right. And, and have that come true time and time again is to me that that's so rewarding. That's like, we, we found our, we found our calling not to be overdramatic, but yeah, yeah, we found it and we were, we were right about it, you right. know, and people needed it. And even even knowing that some of the people that we talk to, you know, uh, our, our little tagline is do what you do, what was it, do, do what you do best and we'll do the rest. Um, we go into some of these conversations with the awareness 
that when people are thinking about marketing or thinking about IT, because they are not marketing or IT people, they're thinking like, ugh, ugh, I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want to do with it. I don't want to think about it. You know, I know it's a necessary evil, more air quotes, mm -hmm. to some people. And for us, it's like, it's what we love. So right. you don't have to, you don't have to feel, you know, person at a business or nonprofit or credit union, you don't have to feel sad that you have to think about marketing. Like, this is what we love to do. We're right. going to have fun doing it. We're going to have a good time. And not that it's all about good times. It's very businessy, but <laughs> we are, we're going to build a great relationship with you and we are going to just lift that right off you. So it doesn't have to be marketing. doesn't have to be yucky. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think, um, you know, to get acknowledgement that there was a demand for, you know, that initial idea that we had um, feels really good. And, you know, to to know that there's interest for not necessarily now, um, I just I'm really um, uh, grateful, hopeful, um, thankful for um, kind of like the blank canvas that still exists, even though we are, I feel like every day, every week, every month, every year, mm -hmm. you know, like focusing in on really what we do best and ways that we can truly help people. Um, I think that that's been a really cool thing. And I have to say, I just have to add that um, I think that the opportunity that the QSO provides each of us as people and also our parent organization, Simplicity Credit Union, to deepen relationships with other credit unions and um, small businesses and, you know, tugging on the heartstrings a little bit, nonprofits. Um, I think that that's a really cool thing. I mean, uh, to be like a community partner and be a donor and supporter and provide volunteers to some of these organizations is, you know, something that uh, we is a huge part of our culture. It's a huge part of what we do as an organization as it is for many, um, but for us to, um, what I feel is kind of like take that to the next level and provide mm -hmm. services on a professional level. Um, I think just, um, you know, even though people might pay us to do that work, I think it does really help deepen that relationship because without us being there and doing that for them, not to say that they would be stuck out on an island or anything like that, they would have to get that work from someone else. Mm -hmm. And maybe someone that doesn't, you know, think, can lead the way that we do. So um, I just right. think it's, that's been a really, really cool opportunity for sure. Yeah. One in one of these, sometime, sometime that we need to really break down and maybe, oh, maybe it would be awful to listen to this. I don't know. Tell me <laughs> what you think. Uh, or if you're listening to this as a listener, tell us what you think. Right. The full, to really break down and talk about the philosophy behind what we do and, and how we view our work. Because to me, uh, again, 100% biased, uh, that's, that's a huge differentiator for us to think of because we know, particularly in the, uh, in the area of marketing services, people can purchase marketing services a lot of places right. and with the with a lot of vendor there are a lot of vendors where you can get things pretty cheap you can get 5000 business cards for $100 you know like you can do these things really on the cheap um 
and it's to me it's being able to be both affordable and then also bringing the ethics and the uh i don't know it, the ethics and the morals that we bring to it that is a differentiator yeah and the strategy which uh i will not go on and on and on and on and on forever about how much I love to, but you already know it. And if anybody has listened to the podcast, they already know how much we love to think about, especially connecting other people to strategy and helping them see how that's going to, yeah, you know, make, make a next level difference. Right. It's probably borderline annoying how we might get a request for something and we, question the strategy or the purpose, or at least make sure that it's been part of the consideration somewhere along the way, right? I mean, I won't sit here and claim that we're perfect or anything like that, but, um, you know, especially thinking of like the kind of people that we help and like our ideal client, it is that person wearing 10 hats. So I don't Mm -hmm. blame them for not pausing for a second to think like, you know, is this really what we want to do? Is this, you know, does this align with our business ideals and morals and principles? And sometimes you need somebody outside to bring you back to center on those things. And we know that not every vendor, every consultant does those Mm -hmm. things. Um, which is fine. Like if that's, you know, that's all you want to do business, that's fine. But I think that we, we do it. um, I I don't, I'm I'm not like trying to throw shade or anything, but um, people are driven by different things. And I think that we're driven by purpose and ethics and the stuff that you've been talking about. So, and I think Mm -hmm. that, I I think you're right. I think that it does um, really make a difference. But probably listening to us talk about it for an hour would be like getting trapped by a vegan at a cocktail party, right? right. Pretty gross. Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) No offense to vegans. I have a child that's a vegan and, you know, they know how I feel. (laughs) My wife and I have talked about it plenty of times. And as soon as I find out that I have to cut cheese, I just, the conversation is done. It's over. Cheese is gone. Eggs are gone. Yeah. But you get things that are somewhat similar to them, you but not so, the not so similar that they taste <laughs> like them. Anyway, anyway, let's talk about day-to-day or big picture challenges. What are some of the things that, you know, we've talked about all of the happy, glowy, lovey kinds of things that we've experienced. So what are some of the either day-to-day or big, big strategic challenges yeah. we've faced? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, day to day, um, <laughs> coincidentally, some of the same challenges that um, our clients are facing, right? Multiple hats, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, limited resources, um, all of those kinds of things. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you have to just do your best with those things and um, keep your eye on the future and, um, you know, hopefully continue to build and grow something that. Um, you know, is truly sustainable and uh, allows for the capacity to do good creative work. And um, so, yeah, for sure. Like um, <laughs> the, the calendar day to day is definitely a huge challenge for sure for, for all of us. Um, and that, that uh, um, constant challenge of like understanding the top priority or the, or mm-hmm. the, the correct priority, you know, um, 
because we do have a lot of balls in the air, whether it's client work or, um, you know, simplicity work. And uh, I think that that applies to every person that touches exclamation, you know, we have mm -hmm. uh, a lot of things going on all the time. So um, those are challenges that I think are just part of any business. Um, but, um, you know, something that we're always working to be better at. And, um, and then doing all of that, working like that, while also like still trying to grow at the same time. It's an interesting challenger environment to be working in, I suppose. Um, big picture, you know, it's uh, for sure um, keeping your eye on what's next without taking your eye off of what's happening right now. You know, things are always changing and always changing so fast and knowing that yeah, a good amount of uh, the people that we help are credit union clients. Um, you know, we know that that environment, the financial space is changing constantly. Technology is changing. Member needs are changing. Um, and so to, to stay ahead of that enough to provide, you know, help in that strategic mm -hmm. uh, way that we want to is really important. And I think a huge challenge for sure. I think it's a really um, interesting, maybe a little daunting to like sit back and think, about the kind of work that we're doing right now, the kind of people that we're doing it for, and then to like try and imagine fast forwarding five years and thinking what might be different. Cause I think it's gonna have to be mm -hmm. very different, you know, um, maybe even new lines of work, but um, I, I don't know, I'm excited to identify that and work through um, those next steps and get to wherever we might be. Yeah, and speaking, speaking as the, Resident veteran, uh, I can tell you it has, the pace of things has accelerated exponentially. Right. You know, I, the, I, sometimes I take just a minute to reflect on the fact that I remember having a conversation with our president. This is the first credit union that I was working at um, where he asked me, do we really need a website? <laughs> and so, and that is like in this, in the scale of human history, that was not that long ago, really, yeah. right? All of my kids were alive at that time. You were alive at that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to think like where, where we have come to, and I was particularly reminded of this, having a conversation with a client about how the needs how what a, a website is expected to do evolves constantly yeah. and how you have to keep you know so we're not even we're done talking about do I need one we're now we're on to well last year I expected it to do this and now six months later it has to do this 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 and this as well right you know yeah it's interesting that you bring that uh, question from however many years ago that might have been of do we really need a website and to know the rate of change and you know maybe the um, new expectations of what a website is or does and it's kind of interesting that um, you can ask that question today but maybe mm -hmm. meaning a totally different thing which for the record by the way yes you need a website don't get me wrong <laughs> let's just start there don't get me wrong, you do need a website, but I mean, think of, you know, let's, we'll keep the focus on credit unions for a bit here. Um, 
think of the member journey or, you know, how they might join your credit union or interact with you. Like it is quite possible that that could all happen without them visiting your website, right? Like, walk into the branch, enroll, get their account set up, their loan set up, whatever it might be. And immediately they download your app and they never go to your website. Like it's totally possible, mm-hmm. you know, but um, obviously that's driven by some of the same technologies and things that a website is dependent on. So it's maybe, um, maybe the same thing or close enough, but, but, you know, if we're really truly just talking about a website, it's totally possible that somebody could answer that question with a maybe or a maybe not, you know, right. Uh, with all the change that's happened, obviously, but I don't know, just the sidebar, but yeah. kind of interesting. And I'm going to continue down this sidebar and say, I think that's something that we have a lot of conversations about. Uh, and, you know, is probably a sticking point with me is this idea of don't ever let anyone say to you, you have to do this thing. Mm. Right. So right. maybe, maybe you yeah. need it. Maybe you need to be on TikTok right now. I don't yeah. know. Let's talk about it. Let's talk, right. you know, what are you going to do with it? Why are you going to do it? What, what is the outcome you expect from it? Yeah. See folks, this is exactly the kind of amazing strategic stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that we are incapable of not talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about where we've been, where we're at, um, and maybe even tease some next steps. But uh, I'm really glad I get to ask this question. Because you're hoping the... I will tell you, and then you'll be like, okay. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Sounds good, Sue. <laughs> I'll do my part to answer as well, I promise. Okay. But what are, okay. The, what are the next steps for exclamation, Sue? Man, we're going to, uh, what's, what's the term? We're going to sharpen the blade. sharpen the blade is what we're doing now you know we have we have an awesome team we have people who know uh not only do they know what they can do we know what they can do Hmm. and we are in this great area of growth where we're ready to start challenging people and say like oh i already know you can do i know you can do graphic design so um, apply what you know to that, to this other thing Mm -hmm. and, you know, really start to work with the team to, uh, to make everything bigger and better. And, uh, then, uh, man, hopefully grow from there, you know, the more, uh, the more refined all of our skills can be, the more confident we can be in all of those skills. Um, and just the more work we can do, the higher likelihood those lines of work grow, that we need more people, that we can serve more people when we have more people. Like it just is this, uh, to me, I see it as this constant cycle of, you know, we know where we're at. Now let's challenge ourselves for the next thing. And uh, once we accomplish that, do it again and again um, mm-hmm. until forever, I guess. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I think like sharpening the blade is just, it's the perfect analogy for it. I mean, uh, as much as I said before that, you know, I like that we have kind of this blank canvas, uh, the ability to think open, to stay open, to 
new lines of work and that sort of thing. Like we also know what we do right now and to get better at it and to sharpen that blade and everything, I think is definitely a next step for us for sure. I do think that we can do that at the same time as keeping our eyes open to new opportunities and you know new things, new ways that we might be able to help. Um, I think um, that a, another next step for us, or maybe is a step that's happening at the same time is um, like a deepening of relationships that we have right now. I mean, you know, we've really been in kind of startup mode for, uh, you know, well, since we started, right, four years. <laughs> um, and, I, and I do feel like, you know, just, of course, with challenges like the pandemic and stuff, you know, there have been some bumps along the way, like every other business has had. So I do feel like um, while we're maybe ready to take some next steps and stuff, we are still, you know, we're still really young. We're still maybe um, in that you know, startup sort of mindset, kind of like finding our way and, and stuff. Um, but I, you know, like I said, I think we also, we know enough about who we are and what we do now and, um, you know, ways that can make us a, a truly you know, healthy and sustainable business and stuff that um, I think to share, um, to share that with people in a more in, in a deeper way, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, is a thing that I think we're, we're ready to do. There's some uh, organizations that we've been helping for a while now and to take a next step with them I think is um, you know a next step for us and the growth can just kind of snowball from there at least that's the picture that I paint in my head is this uh, really nice natural way of growing with our current clients while also staying open to to new people and new organizations and I'm I'm, I'm really excited I'm really excited for what's next for sure. Well and I think our our mindset, you know, coming from the credit union world, knowing that the more you put into what you do, the more yields and most importantly, the more possibilities it yields. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I, we ha- have this real fundamental understanding that it's, it's, not, uh, it's not just a slogan on a door, like being committed to the success of our client. What we know is the more that we can do to help our clients succeed, uh, the deeper those relationships can be. And the more we can add to their sort of tool belt of things that help them succeed even more. So it's this continuous evolution that we can be a part of for everybody we're working with. Mm -hmm. And it's that, that to me is really exciting. Before we move on, can I circle you back to the pandemic? Sure. Because what I want to know is what has been, I think it would be really easy for us to talk about how, like, let's not dwell on the fact that going on three quarters of the time the CUSO has existed, (laughs) we've been in the middle of a pandemic. And I hope it's not the middle anymore. It's still the middle. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. So not dwelling on that, not, uh, obviously we face a lot of the same challenges that everyone else has faced. What have, what do you think have been silver linings that uh, happened as a result of the pandemic? Not that we would cause a global pandemic to get the same results, (laughs) but things that uh, have been silver linings for us. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the advancement of 
new ways to work in technology, even though like the pace of that was already <laughs> high, you know, um, I think that the, um, you know, the urgency that it created for us to like figure some of that stuff out and just do it. And whether we thought we were like testing a thing or not, like we were testing some things out. I mean, you know, I don't think any of us will forget that like first Monday or, you know, whatever day of the week that it was where like all of a sudden you were at home working and not because like you asked your boss or supervisor or your coworker or whatever, like, Hey, I need a day at home. It's like, because mm -hmm. like you had to be there. <laughs> that was where right. you had to be. Um, and so it was, yeah, this like really interesting way to like force us to test some things out and try some things out and, you know, yeah, sure. The remote working environment is maybe one of the more obvious ways that like we've learned some lessons and more and more people are doing that now than ever. Right. Um, so it's just one example, but um, I think like all of those little experiments that had to happen mm -hmm. because there was not another choice um i thought it was really a, a nice silver line of course some of it <laughs> made us all feel really uncomfortable and we would have maybe wished that it happened another way um but um it happened and yeah. i really do think that we're better because of it i really do not not that it's all solved yet like there's still a lot that we're figuring out but um but I, i'm i'm grateful for this opportunity that was really kind of forced on us Mm -hmm. I think especially early on, but I, I don't think it has, it really hasn't ended. It probably the pace has slowed down as people have gotten used to how everything sort of goes, but especially early on, what I think uh, was really, really eye-opening for me was being able to say, to, to have some clients we were dealing with and say oh gosh we have to pivot this thing hey you guys we pivoted this thing this way and this is what we did and here's some you know materials and to be able to sort of do all of that very quickly to say we had to make these decisions you should think about these decisions or we had to do you know these are things that this is the way we handle this thing you guys should think about that or tell us how you're dealing with that and let's talk about it so to be able to have some of those even though we didn't have a ton of clients at start um, but to be able to have some of those conversations and really that I, I think there was this sense this heightened sense of urgency to figure things out very quickly and people were really collaborating and like I don't know at like a 15 out of yeah. 10 <laughs> yeah. to get things done so that to me that was very cool and a lot of that has continued. You know, we, we still have conversations about, uh, especially as surges come and go, you know, are you guys in person? Are you, you know, back remote? Are you going to do this event? Are you going to, you know, pivot and do it a different way? And just, you know, continuing to be able to see how those conversations happen has been really gratifying. Mm -hmm. So we are at the point of thinking about the future. And you and I had a conversation not too long ago about not just the future and in, in another thing, in another conversation saying, not just like, well, what do we think will happen next year? But think about, 
big picture, future, absolute crazy ideas, big, hairy, audacious goals. Um, George Jetson style future innovation. Uh, so what do you see as the most exciting future possibilities for the QSAM? Yeah, I trying to think like Jetson, you know, like far enough ahead. <laughs> um, I really, I am super excited about the kind of work that we um, might be doing that isn't even in our brains today. Um, maybe it's work that exists and it's, you know, that exists that other people are providing right now, but we, you know, either don't have the talent on the team or the resources to provide that work or haven't identified it as an opportunity yet. I don't know. Uh, for some reason, we're not providing it now. Um, you know, that kind of stuff, or maybe um, a different way that we can support people that through technology or automation or um, collaboration, you know, um, really just like keeping the possibilities wide open. And um, I fully anticipate that, uh, you know, I don't know if I had, I don't know if I can put time on it, but um, like five years from now, I'm certain that we'll be doing some work that we're not doing today, mm -hmm. like a different line of work. Um, 10, 15 years from now, who knows, maybe it's a totally new solution, a totally new way of doing things um, that uh, at the end of the day, if we remain purpose-driven and, um, you know, thinking strategically and stuff, I'm really confident that uh, we'll be doing it and doing it in a way that's, you know, right in line with our values and, you know, about, you know, doing the things that we love, working together with people. Um, I think that that's, you know, something that really drives us is this, um, you know, this idea that we should love what we're doing, you should love what you're doing. And if we're all, you know, really in a happy place and um, doing a thing that we love, we're all doing our best work and the best result comes from that. So um, yeah, I, you know, if I had some idea for precisely what that might, mm -hmm. what that work might look like <laughs> or what it would be, we'd probably be working on it right now. But um, I'm really, really excited about um, about the unknowns. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to yes and you, and say all of that, and we become an example for the kind of ethical, moral, purpose driven uh, vendor partner that everyone should expect to be working with. So people who that we hang on to this idea that um, our purpose, what, when you become our client, your purpose becomes our purpose. Hmm. And we, uh, we are genuinely invested in your success. It's not just a thing that we put on a PowerPoint presentation and said, you know, you could get, I don't know, here's the, here's the, data that you should be able to see based on this other client and we're investing in your success, but to genuinely say, like, we, uh, we rise when you rise. Mm -hmm. And if other people are not telling you that, then you should find someone who will. And to, to really be a role model for that, to me, would be, that's like next level, best case scenario for us. Right. Yeah. Well said. That was like, mic drop stuff right there boom that's i mean that makes this a really good time to start wrapping up right <laughs> i suppose so yeah <laughs> well um yeah oh goodness i 
now I just want to brainstorm with you and talk about yeah. what we just talked about and what's going to happen in five years. We'll, yeah. We'll see, that. this is why people can't have meetings with us. Right. This is why we are. <laughs> this is why nobody likes us and we can't have friends, Ben, because <laughs> this is where we go. <laughs> I've got plenty of friends. I got all two of them really like Do me, you? So. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> and you're talking about Katie and Charlie. Yes. My, yeah. The ones. Yeah. <laughs> they- <laughs> legally obligated to be my friend or by blood (laughs) um all right let's get out of let's we were going down the road there let's move on um let's move on to our something awesome segment where we wrap up the show right um so this is an awesome time where we share recommendations for things um that we've seen that we've experienced uh just anything that you can attach the word awesome to um and I'm going to start with a couple little things because I just, um, I'm I'm in this spot where uh, I'm expecting dad, Katie's 27 weeks pregnant, and um, this whole like miracle of life thing is just really um, obviously top of mind for me because uh, it's, that is our life right now. Um, And I have to say like uh, last week was the first time where I really got to see baby move inside her belly which was just really cool we've been able to feel for a while now like a a little after the 20 week mark but um you know to see I mean it's it's also a little funky you know kind of looks like alien poking out you know sort of thing but it's just to to see that there's life in there is just absolutely amazing it's just unreal but um yeah it's uh mind-boggling uh, amazing and it's going so fast I can't wait uh, to meet her but um, so excited uh, the other thing that I have to uh, just share is uh, and I might just be trying to like um, pick myself up a little bit here in the dead Wisconsin winter on a day <laughs> where it's literally negative six right now that's no joke for anybody who might be listening for a, a warmer or listening from a warmer climate but Right. And if you're listening from Wisconsin, we should say, and that's without the wind chill. Yeah. Without the wind, that <laughs> the wind really is what gets you. Yeah. But um, again, just kind of uh, appreciating some little things. Um, the, my windows that I'm looking out right now have like the little frost chunks in the corner and they're really pretty. Um, even though it hurts to go outside sometimes, like you get to come into something warm um, and I'm just grateful. I know that uh, there are people that don't have that opportunity. So um, we had a fire in the fireplace last night. And I don't know, it was just, I must've been in like a reflective mood last night or something. Cause it was able, I was able to just kind of like pause for a second and like appreciate the seasons and, you know, like the warmth of the fire feels great because it's really cold outside and, you know, like those things go hand in hand and um just really, I don't know, in a, in a grateful uh, state of mind right now. But I am going to share something because I feel obligated to like share a link or something that people can uh, <laughs> read more on. And um, this was shared. Um, well, I found the link that we'll share, I found because of a really great article that our teammate Alex shared with our team about using inclusive language. So um, what we'll share is actually a page from the American Psychological Association. Uh, all about inclusive language guidelines. And the page, to forewarn you, is a mile and a half long. It's a huge page full of awesome 
awesome information about um, person first and identity first language, um, identity related terms, um, age, disability status, things like that, and just a way to reframe or change the language that you use to describe people. So as an example, instead of an alcoholic, you would describe them as a person with alcohol use disorder. Now, I won't at all claim to say that I have this perfected or that I'm doing it all the time. Actually, uh, not officially a New Year's resolution or anything like that, but I've really been trying to cut down on saying guys, like, see you next time, see you guys, hey guys, because a lot of the time, especially uh, at work uh, on a team where I am the only guy, uh, <laughs> I am not talking to just guys. So, uh, and just, you know, definitely a Midwestern sort of habit habit that's you know, part of our dialect and um, really difficult habit to break. But, you know, that's just one example of a way to change your language to be a little more inclusive and stuff. So, um, Sorry if the page or the link that we're that I'll share is uh, overwhelming, but um, maybe focus on one thing there, start somewhere, and uh, simple change for us to create uh, and do to be a little more inclusive. So, yeah. After Alex shared that article yesterday, uh, and I read, I read through it. Uh, I realized within an hour, right directly previous to her sharing that, I had done two of those things. Yeah. <laughs> So everybody has a little work to do, right? you know? Yeah. Awesome. Great share. So mine is, uh, mine definitely is taking a right turn, left turn, whatever, a different turn. Uh, and uh, despite the fact, so this, it was tough for me to choose um, because I'm, in the middle of reading one book and I've read another book. And then also we just finished, listen, we just finished the whole, all six seasons of Downton Abbey. Ooh. And now we have to wait for the movie. Right. And we respect, we respect our privacy at this very difficult time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, lots of that stuff. But what I decided to share is uh, a, it's sort of a, I'm going to share an article with some links to some examples of these, but a thing that my husband and I have indulged in over the last couple of rough winters have been uh, activity boxes. Mm. That, that was more air quotes for you, but specifically we, so it's, there's subscription boxes, We've done, we are now on our third different type. So we did one that was ghost hunting, quote unquote, ghost hunting. So basically you get, uh, they send you a box of stuff that has puzzles and all different things. And you're supposed to figure out, you know, based on the clues they give you, you figure out the answers to that. So that was the first one we did was a ghost hunting one. And it's not literal ghost hunting. It's sure. It's a game. <laughs> Uh, that would be cool though yes you get a box and all of a sudden your house becomes haunted and then... <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah you hear knocks and things and voices <laughs> and you're like i probably shouldn't open that box um the second set we did was a mystery box so 
it was there was a story so it was a story behind it and each box you get it one every month had different puzzles you have to figure out the clues to the mystery story um and those were all very taxing on our brains and we enjoyed them because there would be in every one it was like multiple different puzzles to do and they all led up to something at the end uh so we've but our brains were exhausted and having just freshly come off Downton Abbey, we decided this time <laughs> we we're going to give ourselves a break. So we are, we're trying a date night box that has different, uh, different date night ideas. Nice. And we just got the first one and we snuck a peek at it, even though it's not time for it yet, because we don't have all of the stuff. And this one is a, uh, Mexican cuisine themed date mm, night cool. and we're going to make chips and salsa and there's a game in there and there's all sorts of other things so very excited about that do not how, know how that will go uh, but this is me this is me saying if you are uh, so we are we do not have an empty nest because we have one that hangs on Okay, <laughs> we have one still living with us, but he wants nothing to do with us. So we do have time alone. Um, and you get to this point again, talking about the Wisconsin winter, you get to this point in winter where you're like, I am not going to do things because I that would require me going outside in the dark when it's cold <laughs> and I'm right. doing none of that. So rather than sitting and watching six seasons of Downton Abbey in two months, you could do something like a date night box. And uh, we, we have always thoroughly enjoyed it. Just a little puttery, silly thing to yeah. do. So I will, I'm going to share an article that has some links to all different types of date night boxes that you can do. Yeah. Awesome. Super yeah. cool. Super fun. I can definitely see how just like even the nudge or the idea of a date night can be helpful, you know, right. just especially, I mean, really not to linger or bash on the Wisconsin winter too bad. It is a beautiful season, but it can get long and right. the ideas can run out. So, uh, so I can see how that could be super helpful. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Cool. So speaking of the links that I'm going to share, mm. you will be able to find those links uh, on our podcast, as well as on our blog at exclamationcuso.com slash blog. So any of the links that we share will be right there along with our podcast episodes. Speaking of podcast episodes, you can find us on your favorite podcast app, uh, or you can jump over to our blog, exclamationcuso.com slash blog, as I previously mentioned. You can see all of our episodes there. And as a bonus, you can, if you do not have time to go through three seasons, this is our fourth this season. Our fourth this season. is Big deal. episode number one, season number four. Right. Um, if you don't have time to go through all of those, you can also jump into some of those blogs and see some of the links we've shared for all of this awesome stuff. And there's lots of cool, especially 
season 12 episode no season three episode 12 our last episode we had our team on we had a ton of links yeah so lots of cool stuff to explore out there on our blog so much stuff so much stuff <laughs> well as always friends thanks for tuning in this is sue and ben your self-proclaimed professors of awesomeology reminding you that life's awesome if you make it awesome we'll see you next time mm -hmm.